0: Is real estate the last sector to be disrupted by the internet? So says Opendoor, the biggest player in the latest innovation in home buying and selling. It's called iBuying or instant buying. Opendoor claims to let you sell your home in just 30 seconds. From CNBC, I'm Dear Boza and this is TechCheck Weekly. I sat down with Opendoor CEO, Carrie Wheeler, in her first broadcast interview since assuming the role. But first, how does it even work? Opendoor was founded nearly a decade ago, and it promised to disrupt the housing market with a technology that could accurately price a home in just a few clicks. The startup, betting that sellers would pay a premium to get the cash fast and to forego the uncertainty of showings, agents, and repair costs. It then collects fees from that seller, fixes up the home, and sells it for a profit. It's an alluring idea. The United States has more than $45 trillion of housing, and though just 1% of it changed hands this year, that is still a 450 billion dollar market so even industry giants like zillow and redfin they had to try their hands launching their own iBuying buying algorithms but they would soon learn just how tough of a business it is to run for one the model is extremely capital intensive requiring a ton of debt to carry the inventory of homes it also works on razor thin margins zillow in the third quarter of 2019 lost almost $5,000 on each home sale. And finally, it hinges on your pricing technology, reading the market accurately, and that market continuing to rise. Those did not stay true for Zillow and Redfin. In November of 2021, blaming its model for pricing offers too high, Zillow announced it was exiting the iBuying business after just three years. Redfin followed suit a year later. Opendoor stayed the course, but the landscape grew more challenged. The housing market entered a sharp correction as the Fed raised interest rates to cool inflation. Mortgage rates skyrocketed, doubling in a matter of months. Home sales slowed and prices sank. For a company like Opendoor, that means they were stuck with a glut of inventory, bought at higher prices, quickly going stale with no buyers to speak of. Which brings us to today. Opendoor is one of the last iBuyers standing in the hands of former CFO Carrie Wheeler, who was hoping to make a success out of a business model that has failed so many others. I spoke to her on the back of a quarter where the company managed to turn a profit. Take a listen. Carrie Wheeler, CEO of Opendoor. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, after a quarter where you beat on the top and bottom line, however, your outlook is pushing the stock down more than 20% in the market today. It was that weaker outlook. What did Wall Street get wrong here?
1: Well, thank you for having me, first of all, Deirdre. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. We actually had a great quarter. We beat, as you said, the high end of our outlook on revenue and on EBITDA. We told the street that we inflect back to being contribution margin positive next quarter. We had a 53% growth in our acquisitions, and we reaffirmed our commitment to be back to a net income, which for us is our proxy for cash flow, operating cash flow, next year. If you step back, um, we've actually been guiding to the volumes that we reiterated yesterday since last quarter. So for us, there was no new news uh, in last yesterday's announcement. We've been managing through what has been a 40-year shock to the housing system and what continues to be an uncertain time for U.S. housing. And in the midst of that, we've just been focusing on what we can control to bring down our costs and make sure our business is more resilient. For us, um, our volumes are largely a function of our spreads and for us, spreads mean the risk pricing that we embed in our offers, and they've been at elevated levels really going back to middle of last year when the housing market reset. When we see more pricing stability in the market, we can reduce our spreads further, make our offers more competitive, that'll lead to higher conversion and more volumes in the system. So we are just managing through a moment. We actually lowered spreads substantially this year, and on the back of that, that drove our 50% increase in acquisition. So all told, um, we didn't think there was a lot of new news in the quarter, and we think we're going to you know, walk through 2023 and into 2024 in better shape than we've ever been. So what do you
0: attribute then that sort of big leg down in markets in terms of your share price? What do you think the market had wrong?
1: I don't think they listened to us necessarily when we guided to the volume levels we'd be at for the back half of this year. And I think we got to zoom out, right? What is the problem that we are trying to solve? And just remember it, like, let's not lose the plot here. There is still a fundamental disconnect in what is going on for consumers in real estate. It is a $2 trillion market that is still 99% offline today. Uh, We have enormous demand for our product. Customers come to us. We let them sell their home with simplicity and certainty and speed in a way that they can't get anywhere else. And we have the only platform that can do that for customers uh, and our partners at scale. Uh, And so that is really what we're heads down focused on delivering for customers.
0: And Carrie, you took over at the end of last year and your tenure so far has been marked by maybe a more conservative approach to risk. Back half of the year, though, on the call last night, you outlined that you're going to be leaning more into growth and increasing inventory. What are you seeing in the housing market right now to know that this is the time to start leaning into that?
1: You know, the housing market, as I said, remains uncertain, uh, but we've got to remember home transactions happen in all markets all interest rates environment, because life is happening. People still have to move. We don't need the market to come back to five or six million home transactions per year to be successful. What we've seen so far this year is that home prices have been more stable than I think most people had anticipated, but on the back of what has been very constrained supply, sellers are on the sidelines. They're not moving. They're locked into low interest rates on their mortgages. Um, Against that, though, we've had pretty healthy buyer demand, again, against very few new listings coming to the market. Um, So we are still navigating with a fair degree of caution, a whole lot of discipline, but we are starting to see signs that, you know, the housing market is probably stable from a pricing standpoint. And again, we don't need volumes to go back up to um, historical levels. We just really need our ability to price homes with more stability. And that's what we're looking forward to in 2024. Right. You mentioned
0: sort of a key theme underpinning the market this year, and that is tight supply. People are locked into mortgage rates. So how do you increase inventory in that environment when inventory is so low?
1: You know, even today when customers come to us, um, notwithstanding what I said earlier around high spreads or, you know, a higher risk pricing in our offers, you know, a significant portion of customers still say yes to us because what they crave, again, is the simplicity and certainty that we're giving them, you know, we still show up when with a net promoter score north of eighty. So even in a constrained environment where sellers um, are less willing to move, certainly there is a uh, a really healthy cohort of customers who are still saying yes to our offers because again, what they're responding to is the fact that to sell the traditional way is offline, uncertain, and full of stressors and friction, and we can solve that for them. I think typically you could say
0: that it was uncertain, but in a market with such tight supply and so much competition, offering simplicity and certainty may not actually be strengths, right? Because of competition. So what does an iBuyer offer to a seller right now?
1: Um, Well, first of all, remember, this is a $2 trillion market, 99% offline. That is our competitive set. We need a slightly bigger slice of what is an enormous pie. Today, our TAM within that housing market is six hundred and fifty billion. Uh, we are across fifty-three markets with less than one percent share. So again, we we don't need all sellers. We'd love them to get them someday. We don't need all sellers. We need it. We need some of them to okay. uh, be, be be able to take our offer. And I think there's no shortage of seller demand in what we see.
0: I guess then, what kind of seller is going to be giving up a cut in this kind of competitive? environment, this competitive market where inventory is so long, so low. Why would they go to an iBuyer and give up some of that?
1: You know, I don't know if you've ever had to endure, you know, selling your home the traditional way. A lot of people have gone through it. And the people who come to us, frankly, are just, you know, the average homeowner in in America is what our customer looks like. Sometimes they may be um, uh, having to navigate both a sell and a buy. They are under time pressures to want to sell. Um, they're selling remotely. They're selling for a loved one. I mean, there's all sorts of cases about why someone comes to us and really crave the simplicity and certainty that we can give them.
0: That convenience piece. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about geographic mix. Have you guys moved beyond homogenous markets? Where's your inventory right now?
1: It's really across the entire country. You know, we're in north of 50 markets right now. Um, You know, some markets are hotter than others. Some markets are colder than others. um, And we adjust for that, certainly in our pricing. But we're, uh, we're pretty distributed across the entire U.S. right now.
0: Have you moved into more complex markets over the last eight months or so?
1: Not over the last eight months. I mean, when the market took a pause for housing, we pulled back on on new markets. Again, given the share we have today, um, we have ample share to go after in our existing footprint. Okay.
0: And Carrie, how do you value inventory?
1: We use um, our internal valuation models and pricing models to value inventory. And that's that's a capability that we've been investing in for the last nine years. We use a lot of artificial intelligence, use a lot of macro modeling. Um, We assess home condition at an individual home level. Um, So that is a core capability and really fundamental to how we built the business.
0: Okay. Um, You guys don't, you guys don't publish that though, right? Any, any aims to make that more transparent?
1: Well, you can come to us right now and get an offer on your home. So (laughs) it is entirely transparent. Um, And we send out millions of offers uh, to consumers um, and they engage with us over and over again. So everyone who comes to us, they may not be a seller today, but they're a seller in the future. And actually one of the things we talked about for the first time yesterday is that we have an incredible um, base of customers that we re-engage with. Again, you may not want that offer today, but you may want it in the future. And um, 75% of our contracts in the last quarter came from customers who we previously engaged with us. They've come to us, they've shared their home address, they've Mm -hmm. shared details about their home, And we just make sure that we nurture that over time. We let them know what's going on in the market, how their home value is changing. And someday when they're ready to sell, we're there for them.
0: Right. I mean, we're on the investor side. Any aim to provide a little bit more transparency when we look at your balance sheets and we see, you know, north of a billion dollars in inventory, um, is there any way that you plan to or can make that more transparent for investors?
1: One of the things we do do every quarter um, and we're required to do just, just for GAP, is we, we mark our inventory um, and we take a, a charge against it. We take a charge just frankly against homes that we expect to sell at a loss. We don't get to mark our inventory up every quarter. So it's a one way down kind of adjustment. It's called impairment or inventory valuation adjustment. Um, we had to mark our inventory down last quarter when the market took a reset. And every quarter we report on impairment as we have put the old, what we call the old book The homes that we priced before the housing market reset, we basically put all of those behind us at this point. Those are gone. And we're now into a new book of inventory that we feel really good about. It's performing ahead of expectations with very healthy margins. And we report on that impairment on the new book. And it is um, well back to historical levels, like less than 1%. So we do report on that every quarter.
0: Let's talk about partnerships. That was a the big theme in the call last night and part of your tenure. You've been building them with home builders, agents, online platforms. They become a key component, making up 40% of acquisition contracts in the second quarter. That's 80% growth quarter over quarter. Um, break that down. What what do partnerships mean for open door?
1: It's comprised of three things. We have partnerships with home builders, with agents, and with the top three online real estate platforms in the country. That's Zillow realtor.com and Redfin. Um, we th- And the reason we love those partnerships, well, for a variety of reasons, but one is for us, the marketing costs against them are very efficient. Um, we've been in business with home builders really since the early days of Open Door. And for us, that's a trading customer who comes, who wants to buy a new built home, and they need to understand the value of their existing home and the home equity that they can unlock. And we can do that for them in- instantaneously. And we can line up The purchase of their new home with the sale of their existing one. It's perfect, perfect relationship for us. Agents are using us, uh, really as a tool, and we're delighted to partner with them and make it easy for them to deliver a solution for their client that is, again, simple, certain, and fast. And they can, um, uh, and so we are, we have seen the repeat business with agents and a lot of agent growth in that channel. And then the last part, which is the most nascent of our partnership channels is what we're doing with online real estate. As you mentioned, like for many people, Open door still is a novel concept. The no, the notion you can sell your home online, and the fact that we can now be in front of, you know, hundreds of millions of eyeballs on those sites today, and partnering with them again to give customers who may be looking at homes and maybe uh, on those websites, you know, the cash offer solution is something we're really excited about. We right. um, we're in twenty five markets right now for Zillow, for example, and that is just starting to ramp really nicely.
0: Carrie, if you're bringing the agent back in, does that sort of defeat the purpose of the buying model? Does that go back a little bit? You cite two things, simplicity and certainty. And, you know, I thought the whole buying model rested on sort of taking out the middleman, but now it feels like you're bringing them back in.
1: For some agents, they think about us as a really effective tool that they can use to make their client experience better. So they're helping their client sell a home. And they're probably going off to help their client buy a home. right? But what about
0: the client themselves? The customer, wasn't the iBuying model supposed to be direct to consumer?
1: It is. And for honestly, for the vast, vast majority of our customers, they're coming to us directly without an agent in between. But for some agents who are managing a book of business, multiple clients, sometimes it actually makes a whole lot of sense for a client to skip showings, skip doing repairs on spec. Um, skip the time and the delay and actually figuring out whether their home's going to sell. And we can give that to them. And if that agent decides that that is the best thing for their client, so they can focus on getting them their next home, we're delighted to be there to help partner on that.
0: Do you ultimately want to eliminate the agent, right? Because that seems like the most simplicity, the most certainty for the seller, if you can do that. So what happens to the agent sort of in the longer term?
1: Yeah, for us, we want to meet the customer where they are, right? I mean, the job to be done for the customer is help me sell my home in a way that is most effective for me. And if that means they come to us directly, um, delighted to do that. That's obviously our core value proposition to consumers. If they happen to come to us at some point via an agent and the agent decides that, you know, listen, this is actually the better route for my client for whatever reason, we can facilitate that too. So um, we're really not meant to... Um, Like we're happy to partner with agents. We're not anti-agent. If it's a tool that they can use to make their job more effective and their client experience more effective, that's great.
0: Okay. Lastly, um, walk us through how it works with home builders, how the partnerships work. Are they buying on spec and selling for you?
1: No, this is about a client who's walking into a uh, new build showroom on a weekend. They fall in love with that new build home, but they need to know what they can afford. And they need to know, frankly, how much of their existing home is worth. You know, how much equity am I going to unlock in that home when I sell it so that I can sign up and commit and not be a contingent buyer for that new build? And we can allow them to do that. You know, our home builder partners will say, hey, call Open Door. They can tell you right now what your home is worth. And you can line up the transaction. So I know I can sell my home on date X and I can move into my home on, you know, two days later, whatever, whatever works for them. We can help facilitate the whole transaction. And one of the things we have to remember is that for most sellers, they're also home buyers and lining up the transaction, two different transactions, multiple intermediaries, a lot of steps, a lot of uncertainty. One of the superpowers of our business is that we can line up both those transactions for customers and make it totally seamless. It's not just about the sell. It's oftentimes it's also about the buy.
0: Right. Carrie, last question for you. Um, You mentioned that, you know, iBuying still makes up just such a small part of this market. And I wonder what increases that if that didn't happen during the pandemic under those conditions what is sort of the inflection point where you're going to see more people want to use this model
1: listen i think um, the pandemic actually really catalyzed i think the trend the secular trend that we think is very durable and just in the very early innings of moving offline to online for real estate not dissimilar to what we've seen in groceries or hailing a cab or booking your travel online you should be able to sell your home with the tap of a button and we're just getting started As I said, it's been nine years of investment in having a pricing platform and an operating platform that is really unique to us at the scale we can do it. Um, It's taken a lot of investment. It's taken a lot of innovation and invention. And um, I think that's, we're well positioned, frankly, to be the market leader over time. But this is early. This is early. This is the last big sector, really, that has yet to be disrupted by the internet.
0: Yeah. Well, sounds like a great place to end it. Carrie Wheeler, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: This episode was produced by Jasmine Wu, Laura Batchelor, and Mark Gilbert. I'm Deirdre Boza. See you next week on Tech Check.
1: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, package and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx Service Guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.